0: In order to confirm that the rents listed online are actually accurate, you're going to need to actually contact a representative at the comparable property in order to confirm those numbers.
1: How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality, income-producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on BuildingBits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while Building Bits' team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income, but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the apartment syndication school, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes.
0: Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School Series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that are typically a part of a larger series that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we will offer some sort of document, spreadsheet, resource for you to download for free. All of these free resources, as well as the free Syndication School series that we've recorded previously, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be part seven of an eight-part series entitled How to Underwrite a Value-Add Apartment Deal. So to catch you up to speed on what we discussed so far, we've gone through a portion of the eight-step process for underwriting a value-add apartment deal. I might have said it was seven steps in the past, but as you know, these things expand as we do these episodes, and I realize that it makes more sense to break a couple of the steps into multiple steps, and that's what we're going to be doing. So instead of it being seven steps, it's now an eight-step process, and in this episode, part seven, we're going to be discussing step seven. So, so far, we've gone through steps one through six. As a refresher, step one is to read through the offering memorandum. That's the sales package put together by the listing broker. And of course, this only applies to on-market deals. If it's an off-market deal, you can skip that step and go straight to step two, which is to input the rent roll information into your cash flow calculator. And if you haven't done so already, I recommend going to syndicationschool.com and downloading that free simplified cash flow calculator model is an Excel template. One tab that allows you to fully underwrite a value apartment deal. And then as you get comfortable with the model and as you learn and grow, you can customize it to your liking. But again, step two is to input the rent roll information into that cash flow calculator. Step three is to input the T12 information. So that's the trailing 12 months of income and expenses into the cash flow calculator. Step four is going to be set your stabilized assumptions. So those are the income and expense and purchase and disposition assumptions based off of your business plan for the deal. So that's going to vary from person to person. And as always, if you're just starting out, you'll want to rely on your mentor or consultant and your property management company to help you come up with these assumptions or the very least to confirm these assumptions once they're set. Step five is to determine an offer price. So if you remember, typically for these larger apartment deals, I'm talking 150, 200 unit plus, there's typically not going to be a list price listed. Typically there will be some sort of statement explaining that the purchase price will be determined by the market or based on the market, which means that you under the deal and you input the rent roll, input the T12, set your assumptions, and as long as all the formulas are correct, you can, via an iterative process, so kind of plugging in numbers and seeing how it impacts the cash flow calculator, come up with a offer price based off of the return goals of you and your investors. And then step six is going to be to perform that rental comparable analysis. And that was will be discussed in the previous syndication school episode. And that requires either using the properties listed in the offer memorandum in combination with or instead... Finding your own properties that are comparable to the subject property and determining a price per square foot for the rent and then using that average price per square foot across multiple comparable properties to determine what the rent will be at your property based off of the square footage of each of the various unit types. And that brings us to where we are today. So in this episode, we're going to talk about step seven, which could technically be a step six B But we're going to call it step seven, and that's going to be confirming your rental comps via a phone call. And then tomorrow, we're going to complete the series with part eight, which is also going to be step eight of the underwriting process, which is having a conversation around what to do when you are visiting the property in person. Now, steps six and seven, the rent comps, may be before you determine an offer price. It really just depends on how competitive the situation is, and it depends on the actual deal itself. So, if the owner has not implemented any sort of value add renovations at the property already, because you know, for some value add deals, the owner would have started renovations already, maybe on 20%, 50%, 60% of the units, and you can use those rent premiums demanded as your rent premiums. So, if they're getting $100 rental premium on their two better units, then you can assume that you're going to get that same premium. And you're going to confirm that with the rental comparable analysis, but if there has been no value-add program initiated whatsoever, then you're probably going to need to do the rent comp analysis first before you set an offer price. So steps five through eight are kind of interchangeable, so this technically isn't a step-by-step exactly how to go through it. These are all the steps that you need to do in order to fully underwrite a deal. So if you remember, in step six, when you're doing the rental comp analysis, you performed it online. So essentially what you did is you had your list of properties, and we discussed how to find those comparable properties. And then you went online to apartments.com, for example, and you found the rental rates and the square footage for each of the units at your comparable properties. So one bed, one baths, two bed, two baths, three bed, two baths. Um, Whatever unit types are at your property, you found comparable properties and determined the rents for those. And you also confirmed that they actually are comps. And again, we talked about that in the previous syndication school series episode last week. And you, you calculated a rent per square foot for each of those properties. And then you took an average of all the properties to get an average rent per square foot. And then you multiplied that by the square footage at the subject property to determine what the rent premium will be after you've initiated your value-add business plan. Now, that's very important to do and provides you with very important information. However, at the end of the day, you are trusting in either the rents listed by the broker, which we said you shouldn't do, but you're still trusting in the rents listed online. And maybe on apartments.com, they haven't updated the rents in a long time, or maybe the unit was listed at that price for a long time and hadn't been rented, So that means that the first situation, the rents might be a little low, and the second situation, the rents might be a little bit high. So in order to confirm that the rents listed online are actually accurate, you're going to need to actually contact representative at the comparable property in order to confirm those numbers. Now, a problem is you can't just call up a property and say, hey, I'm buying a property down the street for me. I'm gonna be your competitor. Can you tell me what your rents are so that I can figure out how much I can rent my units for? They're probably not gonna give you an answer in that, but the property managers, leasing agents are told to sniff out those types of people and not provide that information. So instead, we're going to have to put on our Broadway shoes and do a little bit of performing. And essentially, you're going to play the role of, Of either a resident who is interested in renting a unit or you are going to play the role of you are calling on the behalf of a family member or friend. You can say that you're calling to rent a unit for your son or daughter and ask them a bunch of of questions. And the goal of this call in this Broadway performance is to confirm the information that you gathered during that online rental comp analysis investigation in step six. So the first aspect, or the first thing you're going to need to do is create an Excel document to capture all this information. But being syndicationschool.com, we're going to go ahead and give you that Excel template for free. And we actually gave it away already in last week's episode. I included that on the free document that we gave away with the template for the online rental comp analysis, as well as a template for that amenities checklist. So that you can actually confirm that the comparable properties are similar to the subject property. But if you go ahead and download that free document, you'll see that the information that you're going to be gathering are going to be the rental rates for the one beds, two beds, three beds, four beds. You know, essentially the rents for any of the unit types. You're going to want to get an understanding of any rent specials that are being offered, which are the actual concessions. So if you remember back in step three and four, one of the incomes, which is technically an income loss, but it's categorized in the income category, is concessions, which are specials offered to residents in order to attract them to your property. So those could be referral fees paid to residents who refer someone. Those could be discounts on security deposits, discounts on rent, things like that. Amenities packages offered is another thing we're going to learn about the unit upgrades. You don't know about the parking situation, any kind of local points of interest. You're going to want to get some information about the demand and then you're going to take some notes on customer service. So after you've done this call, Or if you're in the market, you can do this in person. You should be able to obtain enough information to fill out the template and kind of answer those 10 things. Now before we kind of get into how to do the Broadway performance, how to actually obtain the information, one thing you might want to do first if you don't really have a background in sales or cold calling or you don't feel comfortable doing this on the phone, then call up a few properties that aren't comps or do a few in-person visits of properties that aren't comps and go ahead and do a test run with those. And then also, so you don't forget, you might want to either print out that Excel document and bring it with you, or have it in front of you when you're doing the phone call, or at the very least have a notepad in front of you with questions, or you can write out verbatim what I'm going to explain for each of those 10 points. So in order to obtain the rental data and the demand data, something you can say, and again, you don't need to use this as a guide or an exact script. If you want to, you can. But you don't have to. You can kind of adjust this based off of the situation. But you can say, hi, I'm relocating to the area in the next couple of months and was calling to see if you have any units available or if there's a waiting list. So that right there, number one, it lets you know the demand and the vacancy at that property. So if they say, oh, we've got plenty of available units, then you know that demand in that area might be a little bit lower at that price point, or if they say there's a long waiting list, you know that the rents might be a little bit too low or the demand is really high. Now, if the apartment consists of only one and two bedroom units, then you can say, I'm interested in renting a two bedroom unit. How much do those rent for? And they might say, our two bedrooms are $800. Or they might say, we have a variety of two bedroom units that range from $700 to $900. And then you can respond by saying, okay, that's a little bit outside of my price range, I was hoping to have an extra bedroom to use as an office, but how much do the one bedrooms rent for? That way you've got either actual rent of the two bedroom unit or a range of rent for the two bedroom units, and the same for the one bedroom units. Now if the property has one, two, and three bedroom units, you wanna do that same approach as above, so ask about the two first, and then ask about the one second, and then call back a few days later and ask about the three bedroom. Unless you can think of a creative way to get the answer to all three. So that'll go ahead and knock off numbers one, two, and three, which will be the one-bed rents, two-bed rents, and three-bed rents, as well as give you an understanding of demand. Number four is that rent special. So in order to understand any types of rent specials offered, you can ask, do you currently offer any rent or move specials? So for example, maybe there's a security deposit special that they're currently offering. So the security deposit's cut in half. Maybe there's some sort of rental discount if you sign a longer lease. So it's 800 bucks for a one-year lease, $775 for a two-year lease. Maybe there's some other type of concession that they're offering. Maybe there's a move-in special that they're offering, like you get a free TV to sign your lease. Maybe there's a referral program, as I mentioned before. So people that are living there, they might ask you, did someone refer you? If the answer is yes, then that person that did the referral will get 300 bucks or get a reduction off of their rent. Or there might be a military, law enforcement, or first responder discount. So rent's 10% off every single month if you're in the military, if you're in law enforcement, if you're a first responder. So that covers that fourth bullet point, the rent specials. Next is the amenities package. So that is essentially, you're going to want to know what types of amenities are offered at the property from an exterior standpoint as well as an interior standpoint. Again, the whole entire purpose of this is to confirm the information you've gathered during your online analysis. And one of the things you did was create an amenities checklist. So you went to the website or apartments.com and you determined what types of amenities were offered at that property. And now you want to confirm that either on the phone or in person. So something you can say is, something that will weigh heavily into my decision are the amenities that are offered. What are the amenities offered in the individual units? And then what are the amenities that are offered property-wide? So... Examples of individual amenities would be you know, the property's pet friendly, there's wood flooring, there's washer and dryers in the unit, the kitchens have been updated, you've got your own storage locker outside the unit or somewhere on the property. Or maybe there's a fenced in backyard in some of the units, or balconies or patios offered. And then examples of some property wide amenities would be a fitness center, a pool online rent payment which is probably going to be pretty common everywhere online maintenance requests same thing should be pretty common everywhere different types of parking situations different types of common areas that are offered events offered those common areas then an important follow-up question is going to be are there any additional monthly fees for any of these amenities or are they included in your rent so maybe the units that have balconies rent for $25 more per month Or maybe you have to rent out a parking spot for $50 per month. So you're going to want to know about that because, again, if you plan on installing balconies or if you plan on installing carports or you're interested in increasing the other income line item by charging for parking, you're going to want to know what the competition is doing. Because if they're not doing that, then that's not necessarily indicating demand for that in that market. So that covers number five, which are the amenities package. Number six is unit upgrades, which is kind of covered in the amenities package, but it's more specific. So you can say something like, have you done any unit upgrades recently, specifically to the kitchens or the bathrooms? So that kind of covers the interiors. And you can ask, is that available at all the units? How much does it cost to rent a unit that's got a common kitchen and bathroom? And how much does it cost to rent one that has an upgraded kitchen or bathroom? And then ask about any property-wide upgrades. So was the fitness center recently renovated? Was the pool recently renovated? Was the clubhouse recently renovated? Things like that. So again, not necessarily, is there a new roof? Because that's going to be kind of weird because residents shouldn't necessarily care about there being a new roof. This is more focusing on the actual upgrades so that you can kind of brainstorm or you can either confirm whether or not you can increase your rent or whether there's a demand for things like a new fitness center, new clubhouse. So that covers number six, unit upgrades. Number seven is going to be parking. So ask them, what's the parking situation? Do I have a free spot near my unit? Are there garages? Again, this is going to be based off of information you've got online. So if it says there's a garage, the garages available. Ask them, are there garages available? And how much it would cost to rent? So that covers the parking situation. Number eight is going to be the points of interest. So again, you're out of state and you're relocating to the area, so you don't know the area. So you ask them what are some popular attractions or points of interest that are within a few miles of the property and ask that there's anything worth noting that is within walking distance. So is there a local coffee shop that everyone likes to frequent? Is there a strip of bars or restaurants or whatever in the immediate area? Because again, all those things impact the rent and impact whether or not it is a comp or not. So if you call it and they say, oh yeah, you can walk to an area that's got a bunch of bars and restaurants, but at your subject property, you got to drive there. Those are slightly different. You might want to try to find a a comp that's also within driving distance and not walkable to that area. And then really for number nine, demand, most of those questions kind of cover demand. So questions about rent specials will let you know how in demand the units are. Same with the upgrades, amenities packages, parking, anything that's done to the property that they charge for indicates demand. And then that last step, which is the notes on the customer service. Once you kind of hang up the phone or once you get back to your car after visiting it in person, take a few minutes to make some notes on the quality of customer service that you actually received. Just because this is most likely going to be your competition once you've taken over the operations at the subject property. So you're gonna wanna know, are the property manager at my competition amazing or are they not so good and not very friendly? So once you've gathered all that information, Essentially, you want to compare the information you gathered on the phone or in person, compare that to the information that you gathered during your online investigation. So do the amenities match up? Do the unit upgrades match up? Do the rents match up? If they don't, then you're going to to go back and adjust the rents, or you might have to actually eliminate a property as a comp on your rental comparable analysis. And then once you've done that for one property, you're going to want to repeat that same process for the remaining rental comps that you have on your list and at that point you can be pretty confident in your rental premiums because you've done the online investigations and you've confirmed everything either on the phone or in person so you can say essentially without a shadow of a doubt that this property is a comp or this property isn't a comp And you can say without a shadow of a doubt that these are what the rents are and these are what the other fees are. Here's the demand, here's the customer service, here's the amenities, everything like that. And once you finish that step, the last step in the underwriting process is going to be to actually visit the asset in person to perform some pre-offer due diligence. So that's going to be discussed in the next episode. And then in next week, we're going to talk about how you actually submit an offer or how to determine whether you want to submit an offer, and then how to actually submit an offer on one of these deals. But again, tomorrow we're going to talk about the last step, step eight of the how to underwrite a value-add apartment deal process, which is going to be to actually visit the property in person for due diligence purposes. So this is going to be different than you visiting the rental comps. So you might actually want to do these at the same time. So you visit the property, and then you visit the rental comps afterwards, or you make it a weekend trip, revisit the subject property first, and then you spend an afternoon going to half the rental properties. And the next day you go to the remaining rental properties. Or you can do the rent accounts on the phone and just visit the subject property in person. It really depends on, on what you want to do. But we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Until then, I highly recommend if you haven't done so already, listening to parts one through six. Because if you haven't, then much of the episode might not necessarily make a lot of sense. Because this episode is built off of those previous six episodes. I also recommend going and downloading the free documents that we've given away for this series so far, which is that Simplified cash flow Calculator and that Rent Comp spreadsheet. But we also have free documents from the other syndication school series. All those free documents in the past syndication school series can be found at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
1: I know some of you out there are just starting your fix and flip journey. Before you do, let me tell you about an opportunity where your money works for you instead of you working for it. Building Bits is offering anyone, and I mean anyone, the opportunity to invest in commercial real estate and receive the dividends and value appreciation from the sale. Here's how it works. First, you choose a building and invest. Second, once the building is acquired, you start to receive potential quarterly dividends. Third, once the building sells, you get any of the appreciated value from it. See, money working for you, not you working for the money. Start today at buybits.us forward slash flip. The offering circular is available at buildingbits.com.